Welcome to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Today, you are going to learn how to outsmart emotional eating and live a life of happiness and joy without giving up the foods you love. Now, here is Dr. Nina. Hi, welcome to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin, and I am here to help you liberate yourself from emotional eating, take control of your life, and feel good in your body, all without dieting, spending hours in the gym, or counting a single macro. Today, we're going to talk about nine spooktacular ways to enjoy Halloween without the guilt. Because here's the thing. Many people think the scariest thing about Halloween is the candy. And many of us buy all the candy we don't like. Hello, candy corn. Apologies to those who like candy corn, but I personally never liked candy corn, so I always bought candy corn just so I wouldn't be tempted. Can you relate? But then you just end up binging on all the good candy that you really want. What ought to be a fun holiday becomes a torturous night of deprivation and maybe binge eating. I want to give you a Halloween treat that is 100% guilt-free and calorie-free too. This Halloween, let's focus on treats that go beyond the candy bowl. So let's dive into nine guilt-free ways to truly enjoy the season. First, are you afraid of the dark? The scariest thoughts are the dark ideas you have about yourself. Thoughts like, I suck, or I am too fat, or stupid, or ugly, or whatever. Um, Or who would love me? These are dark, dark thoughts. They just make you feel terrible about yourself. And that is truly scary. That is frightening. When we have negative and self-deprecating thoughts about ourselves, it can be incredibly damaging to our self-esteem and overall well-being. These thoughts can create a cycle of self-doubt and insecurity, leading to feelings of sadness, anxiety, even depression, which of course can lead to binge eating as a way of coping. So recognize these thoughts are not true. These are scary lies that you are telling yourself, and they are a product of your inner critic. By challenging and reframing negative thoughts, you can break free from their hold and you can cultivate a more positive and compassionate mindset. One way to to combat these dark ideas is through self-reflection and self-compassion. Take the time to examine the thoughts you have about yourself and ask yourself, are these actually truths or are these just distorted exaggerated lies. Often we tend to to focus on our flaws or our perceived flaws or our shortcomings or perceived shortcomings while ignoring our strengths and our accomplishments. By practicing self-compassion, we can learn to be kinder and more forgiving towards ourselves. often the way we are with other people. Acknowledging that we're human, it's okay to make mistakes as an example. Um, another another helpful strategy to get rid of these dark thoughts that you have about yourself is to get support from people who actually know you and make you feel safe. Whether that is a trusted friend, a family member, 
or a therapist or a coach, someone who can give you a different perspective and help you gain insight into where do these thoughts come from and how to change them. Sometimes these thoughts come from past experiences or traumas that 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 have to be addressed and present and, and, and healed in the present. I'm getting ahead of myself. What I was going to say was often these these thoughts come from the past and we they influence our present. Um and and by talking with someone who you trust, who can come to know you, you can unravel the the source of these thoughts and work towards changing them, challenging them, um, and creating healing and self-growth. So remember, these scary mean thoughts aren't true. They are not reality. By challenging them and reframing these dark ideas that you have about yourself and seeking support, practicing self-compassion, engaging in self-care, you really can cultivate a more positive and empowering mindset. And when you do that, guess what? You can comfort yourself with words. You can soothe yourself with words. You can really show up as a friend to yourself instead of attacking yourself and then turning to food and making that your best friend and worst enemy. Now that's scary. So push away those self-doubting witchy thoughts, the ones that cast shadows on your confidence. And remember, you are unique. You are special. You are lovable. Truly believe that. The the second tip has to do with whether you have ghosts. Do you have do you got ghosts? In other words, do you have ghosts? If the ghosts of the past are haunting you, it is time to deal with them once and for all. Now, how do you know if you are being haunted by these ghosts, haunted by the past? Well, consider your childhood or your earlier years. As an example, if you had a critical parent, a critical teacher, a critical sibling even, critical grandparent, a family member of some kind, someone in your life who was very critical of you, and now you are equally critical of yourself, you're being haunted because that critical voice actually belongs to other people. It is not your voice. The key is to find your authentic voice, to, 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 the, to, to discover the true you and view yourself as you are and not as others once treated you. You are not a reflection of the way people treated you, but we often come to believe that we are. Or maybe you find yourself echoing negative thoughts in your mind. There's this constant nagging voice in your head that sounds so familiar. For example, you hated when people called you stupid, or and now you tell your, yourself you're not smart enough, things like that. We often internalize mean voices, whether they're critical, dismissive. Um, oh, oh, another one that I hear a lot is pe- people are told that they are, they are oversensitive. I can't tell you how many people have said, you know, I'm very sensitive. I'm really oversensitive because they were told they were oversensitive and they came to believe it. We internalize these voices of, of people who tell us who we are and then we believe it. And then it just makes things worse. And of course, it, it, 
makes you turn to food for comfort, relief, distraction, so many different things. And uh, when there's a holiday like Halloween, which is all about candy, it can really make things tough for you. So really important, if you are if you are being haunted by the ghosts of the past, consider where where does this voice come from? Where do these voices come from? Where do these ideas come from? And how did they take how did they take root so deeply within us? So here are some ways in which we absorb these voices. Um, maybe there's an innocuous comment about candy from a, 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 a friend or a teasing joke from a sibling about your sweet tooth or perhaps a critical remark from someone saying you should lay off the chocolate, some nasty thing like that. We, we replay and ruminate critical, unkind words from other people, from parents, teachers, peers, relatives. And of course, as I was just talking about earlier, they lead us to become identified with that perspective. And now we become self-critical of of ourselves. And by the way, this criticism doesn't have to be specifically about food. Of course not. Any consistent critique um, or or complaint or accusation erodes your self-worth and it leads to poor body image and the urge to comfort yourself with food. So these the, the, this narrative that perpetuates negative thoughts like I'm I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, I'm not good enough, I have no willpower. It's just a narrative. It's not the truth. But it's self-shaming and it fuels the binge shame cycle. Binging becomes a reliable way to cope with intolerable feelings and then you feel such acute shame afterwards. That is unbearable. That then, because you can't shame yourself and make you, yourself feel better at the same time, then you're 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 feeling such shame for binging, and then you feel so bad because shame is a bad feeling about yourself that you end up just turning to food to feel better, and the cycle perpetuates. Also, when you, when you have this unattainable standard of perfectionism, when nothing is ever good enough, whatever that is spurs a sense of failure. And again, when we feel like we've failed, we feel terrible. When we feel terrible, but we don't have a way to support ourselves and be kind and loving to ourselves, we turn to food to cope. Um, So if you've taken on negative uh, attitudes, beliefs, or assumptions about yourself because they were expressed by other people, like if you think you're not smart enough, you're unlovable, you're inadequate, you're not good enough, you're too much, you're not enough, then um, it feels really bad. And you can become so focused on avoiding criticism, rejection, or disapproval from others that it 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 makes you um, turn away from from being with people, right? You. you if people are there criticizing you, they're potentially criticizing you or potentially rejecting you or potentially being disappointed in you or to potentially thinking that you're you're not good enough, then we want to avoid that situation. But then we feel lonely and then we can fill up on food instead of on satisfying, gratifying, fulfilling relationships with others, as an example. Um also, when we're when we're kids and we're criticized, we are generally kind of passive about it. 
Maybe we even feel we deserve the criticism. Or maybe we tell ourselves that being self-critical is motivational. Oh, yes, I'm motivating myself by being mean to myself. If I were nice to myself, say many, many people, then I would just do whatever I wanted. And I would, oh, all bets would be off. I, I have to be mean to myself, so I motivate myself. Yeah, no, 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 just no. You cannot hate yourself into loving yourself. You cannot hate yourself into accepting yourself. You cannot bully yourself into feeling good. When you when you bully yourself, when you are critical of yourself, whether you call it motivation or whatever you call it, all it does is make you feel not good enough. It erodes your self-esteem. It creates perfectionism. It creates self-doubt. And you 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 just feel so terrible. What do you do? Oh, food's gonna make you feel better. You see how eating and binging is a a frenemy, as I often say on this show. It is a frenemy. It is a friend in that it does something for you. It it helps you cope. It distracts you. It comforts you. It soothes you. It maybe fills a void. It, it uh, If you eat so much that you're in physical pain, maybe you're turning emotional pain into physical pain. Not consciously. You're not you know, rubbing your hands together and going, okay, I am now going to convert my emotional pain to physical. No, you're not thinking that at all. You're just thinking, oh my God, I am in so much pain. My stomach hurts. I've had to unbutton and unzip my pants. I I, I feel horrible. I, why can't I stop eating? What's wrong with me? That's what you think. But what's really going on unconsciously is, hey, something is going on. Maybe you're turning physical, uh, uh, emotional pain to physical pain. Um, so this internalized critical voice that we're haunted by can become very ingrained. It just feels like reality. It becomes the habitual way that we think, and it leads to a negative cycle of emotional eating or, or binge eating since, again, food is a way of coping with these mean thoughts and these difficult feelings that are generated by that internal critic. And recognizing and addressing this critic as critical is very, very important. And especially it is important during times like Halloween, when there may be an abundance of treats around and it sets you up like you're going to be good and you tell yourself you're not going to be bad. And before you know it, you've had some candy, then you have the all or nothing thinking. Now you figured you've blown it, so you might as well have all the candy. And then, oh, it just leads to a binge and then self-recrimination you know, and, oh, it's the worst. So to address this internalized voice, cultivate self-awareness, pay attention to the thoughts you have about yourself, pay attention to the words that you say to yourself. Do you talk to yourself in second person, by the way? Do you say to yourself, you're not good enough, you're a failure, you're unlovable, you, you know, you, second person voice? If so, try saying that from the first person perspective. I, not you. So try saying, you know, I'm not good enough or I'm unlovable or I, whatever it is. Chances are it's going to be a lot harder to say that from an I place. It is easier to be mean to ourselves when we are talking to ourselves in second person 
and being harsh, often because we have borrowed someone else's voice unbeknownst to ourselves. And then we're just we're just bullying ourselves with that voice. So try try to, using first person. I I I once uh, had someone who this woman and this is one person. I hear this all the time. But every every day she would get up, she would look well she would weigh herself. So every day was a bad day cuz no matter what the scale was, it was bad. If it went up she was bummed. If it was the same, she was bummed. If it went down, it didn't go down enough. So no matter what she did, she got on that scale, it would ruin her day. She would look in the mirror and she would say to her reflection, you're disgusting. Harsh, right? You're disgusting. So I asked her, hey, say that again, but say say it from an I place, from a first person pronoun. Say I'm disgusting. And she's like, I can't. It's too harsh. <laughs> just just making that simple change put her in touch with how how mean she was being to herself, which of course made her just want to turn to food to get away from her own mean voice. So practice that. Practice self-compassion. Treat yourself with the kindness, understanding, and 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 even forgiveness that you would show your friends or, or loved ones. If a friend of yours said, I ate, you know, 47 pieces of, of um, Halloween candy last night, you wouldn't look at your friend and say, you are disgusting. I find you loathsome and awful. You've totally failed. That is gross and horrible. You'd say, okay, um, why? Does, you know, how are you feeling? What was going on yesterday? Uh, maybe you need more sweetness in your life. Maybe deprivation leads to binging. Let's figure this out. How about being a friend to yourself? If you would not say it to a friend or someone that you love, don't say it to you. So if the ghosts of the past are haunting you because now you've internalized their voice and you're and you're and you're being as harsh to yourself as they were to you, it is time to stand tall and remember. That past judgments and perceptions do not define your present and they don't define you and they're just a narrative and they're often a lie. So rediscover and embrace your true you, your true voice. Also, third tip, give yourself a treat. If you find yourself saying something like, I'm going to be good this Halloween. I am not going to eat a single piece of candy. And then you blow it later. Or maybe you think, oh, I was so bad because I ate I ate so much of that pumpkin cheesecake that's in the, the, the fridge. I could not resist it. And then you feel bad about yourself. All right. So on Halloween, there's this abundance of candy and all of these treats. And that can definitely trigger people who struggle with binge eating. Which is, I, let me just take a moment and say what binge eating is and isn't. Binge eating is consuming a large amount of food in a short period of time. And large amount of food means eating a, a much bigger quantity than, than anyone would normally eat. Feeling like a total loss of control and a deep sense of shame and remorse afterwards. It is not caused by a lack of willpower, control, or addiction. It's driven by something inside, whether that's stress, boredom, loneliness, frustration, helplessness, sadness, whatever. 
but it can also be caused by deprivation or the anticipation of deprivation. So eating four pieces of candy is not a binge. Eating 40 pieces of candy, yep, that's a binge. Um, But when you deprive yourself or restrict, if you say, I'm not eating any candy this Halloween, that's deprivation. Deprivation immediately triggers a sense of scarcity and a, a, a craving to have the thing that you are telling yourself you cannot have. We want what we cannot have. We want what we think we cannot have. And this leads to binge eating because inevitably you you break your your vow, you have a piece of candy, and then you think, I've blown it. It's ruined. I might as well have all the candy because along with de- deprivation, there's often the, the black and white thinking, all or nothing. I can either have no candy or I'm going to have all the candy. And so restricting certain foods like candy, labeling them as bad, actually increases the likelihood of binge eating. Really hear that. It's so important. Restricting and depriving yourself leads to binge eating later. When you deprive yourself, those foods become more enticing. And then when you actually have them, you feel guilt, you feel shame. And then how do you deal with the guilt and the shame? Well, if you can't soothe yourself with words, you can't say, okay, I had some candy. I ingested more sugar than I wanted to. It is not a moral failing. I am not going to beat myself up. It's just candy, people, and it's Halloween. If you can't you know, validate, acknowledge, and reassure yourself, well, then you're going to have more candy just to get away from your own horrible feeling caused by your mean voice. So instead of completely avoiding your favorite Halloween treats, give yourself permission to have some of your favorite chocolate or candy without feeling guilty and and have the candy you like. If you like chocolate and you don't like candy corn, don't eat candy corn. Eat the thing that you want. Have the thing that you want. It's like back in the day when snack wells came out, what was that? Like in the 80s or something? Um, uh, so snack wells, I don't even know if they still exist, but they're fat free. Everything is fat free. And they, there, there was a study where they gave people snack wells, chocolate chip cookies. And they said, just eat them until you feel sort of satisfied. And these people would eat like 10 of them. And they just were like, oh, I just don't feel satisfied. And then they, they gave them like a, a Mrs. Fields chocolate chip cookie, the most decadent cookie on earth at the time. And they would eat maybe one or even, or not even one because the, the real thing was satisfying. When you eat the thing that's kind of like the thing, but it's not what you really want, it's not satisfying. So have something you want. That is why my one food rule is this. It has to be yummy. It has to be yummy. That's it. That's my one food rule. So instead of completely avoiding Halloween candy, have something you like, because by giving yourself permission to have it, you can avoid that deprivation that is just going to potentially trigger binge eating, whether it's on Halloween or or the next day. So also, uh, in addition to giving yourself a treat, shift your attention to if you want to eat something 
or you want to binge on it, let's say, think about why. What problem is that candy or that food doing for you? Um, are, are you avoiding are you, sadness? Are you avoiding anger? Are you avoiding anger at someone you know or some situation, but then you're going to take out that anger on yourself for eating candy, displacing it? Are you uh, avoiding feelings of loneliness? I mean, what's going on that that eating that particular food is going to resolve? Is it about deprivation or is it about something that's going on within you? Um, So uh, you can also consider incorporating, you know, healthier alternatives. You know, if you, if, if, if you just think, no, there's no way I can't eat, a, you know, a Hershey's chocolate mini thing. No, I'll just, I'll just have all of them. I will steal my kids' candy. I will go through it. It's, it's going to be all, all bets are going to be off. Then have some kind of alternative that's healthy but still yummy. Some kind of healthy treat. Give yourself a treat. Don't be treatless on, on Halloween especially. And this goes for most days too. Deprivation is not a good thing. It is not our friend. Um, so by making conscious choices and being proactive and taking away deprivation, you can enjoy this holiday without all the guilt. Um, and and you'll also just find more joy in the moment. You have other things to think about than I shouldn't eat that. I want to eat that, but I shouldn't eat that. And spend hours thinking I, I want it, but I shouldn't. I want it, but I shouldn't. Guess what? This is your valuable time, your valuable life. Have a couple pieces of whatever and then think about something else that you can do to enjoy the day and the night. Um, okay. Now, next one. Are you living a zombie life? Do you feel like you're the walking dead doing the same thing over and over every day, not truly enjoying your life to the fullest? If so, here's what you need to do. Bring yourself back to life. Bring yourself to life. Think about one thing that you've been waiting to do someday or one day and make today the day you start working towards that thing. If you want to run a marathon, Go for a walk. Go for a short run. If you want to start dating, go online. Check out some dating sites. If you feel like you're just existing and every day has a horrible, boring sameness, it's time to focus on how can you feel like you're truly living. One of my favorite expressions is live, do not merely exist. So if you feel like you're existing, Let's see how we can bring you to life. Um, living, um, living and not merely existing is about embracing life to the fullest. It's about finding meaning and purpose in everything we do, or maybe not everything, but much of what we do, at least something in what you do. It's about actively engaging with the world and making the most of every opportunity. So instead of just going through the motions and letting life pass you by, living means taking charge of your life, taking char charge of your destiny, and actively pursuing your passion and your dream. It's about being present in the moment, 
And it's about savoring, yes, using that word very deliberately, your experience of life. And one way to, to, to live and not merely exist is, as I said, set some goals, start working towards them. By having a clear view of what you want to achieve in your life, you can create a roadmap that guides you towards your destination. So we're going to take a a short break and I'm going to come back and talk more about how you can go from being zombie to full full human. Um, And I'll give you some other tips on how to survive Halloween without guilt. See you in a bit. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you tired of the endless cycle of dieting and binging? Ready to break free from emotional eating and regain control of your life? Look no further than The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina, the transformative radio show that will empower you on your journey to food freedom. Dr. Nina is here to guide you every step of the way. Join her as she delves into the true causes of binge eating, uncovers hidden triggers, and gives you effective strategies for lasting change. With practical tips and inspiring stories of transformation, The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina will help you nurture a healthier mindset, embrace self-compassion, and rediscover your true self. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Have questions for Dr. Nina? Join her on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We are talking about spooktacular ways to enjoy Halloween without the guilt. I talked about what happens when you're afraid of the dark thoughts that affect you. If you have ghosts of the past haunting your perception of yourself, talked about giving yourself a treat, not not creating deprivation, and what to do if you're living a zombie life, which I'm going to say a little bit more about. But I first want to share this story of Halloween. that actually happened when my daughter was younger. She's about to turn 16. Oh my God, that's a scary thought. All right. (laughs) Breathe, breathe, breathe. Yes. She's going to start driving. Okay. I'm really scared. (laughs) Who can relate? Um, 
But when she was younger, she had a friend and her friend, her friend, her friend went, went trick or treating with us. And her friend's mom, who was not there, uh, was of the belief that sugar was the devil. Sugar was poison. And she absolutely forbade her daughter to have any any candy. So she said, you can go trick-or-treating, but when you come back, we're going to take your your Halloween candy and we'll give you maybe one piece a day until, I don't know, next Halloween. So my daughter's friend was absolutely anticipating deprivation. She knew that she was going to, you know, she was absolutely going to lose her candy if she, uh, as soon as she, as soon as she got home. So what was she doing this whole time? What was she doing? She was eating it. That kid must have had 20 pieces of candy, like, and they were not all the little tiny size. She was stuffing her face with candy out of anticipation of being deprived of candy later. So um, that is why it is so important to not give yourself deprivation. And by the way, later on that day, that that night, uh, my daughter, and by this time, both girls had these giant king-size pillowcases full of candy. We were in Malibu and, and people were giving out full-size giant candy bars. It was crazy. And my daughter said that she was hungry. So my husband said, well, you have a giant king-sized thing of candy, like have some candy. And my daughter said, no, dad, I want real food. Ah, oh, such a proud moment for me. Why was this so important? Because that that was the opposite of deprivation because she could have it. She could decide if she wanted it or not. And she was an intuitive eater because I had raised her to have like basically neutrality about food. Do so I'd say, do you want, you know, do you want cookies or do you want celery and peanut butter? Do you want an, you know, do you want an orange or or do you want some ice cream? Do you want like I'd always give her two choices. And a lot of the times she chose the real food because it it didn't have any special allure. I wasn't saying, oh, if you're good, you can have dessert or oh, you know, you'll eat ice cream. You can't be unhappy if you eat ice cream. Here's a treat. So her friend was an example of what happens with deprivation. You just want it more and you end up binging on it. And my daughter was an example of what happens when you don't have deprivation. You can decide, A, if you want that particular food, and B, if so, how much of it do you want? And she didn't want any. She wanted real food. So... That is an example of the kind of the, the the kind of mindset shift that you can actually create within yourself. So we're talking about living a zombie life, which means not being happy and fulfilled, and um, creating a roadmap to a a fuller, more satisfying life. When you are fulfilled and satisfied in your life, uh, you don't need possibly to use food as a substitute for fun, for enjoyment, for fulfillment, any of those things. So creating a roadmap to a fuller, more satisfying life is one way to accomplish that. It gives you direction. It gives you purpose. It helps you figure out what it is that's missing and what it is that you want 
for yourself in your life, whether that is pursuing a new career or a career or starting a family or or leaving a relationship or traveling the world, whatever it is, creating a goal allows you to shape your life to be more fulfilling. And um, uh, meaningful relationships can also break you out of a rut, you know, surrounding yourself with maybe new people, positive, supportive people who can uplift you and, and bring out the best in you and make you feel better. That can enhance the quality of our lives. So that whether that means building strong connections with um, people you already know or meeting new people, really important to, 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 to have the sweetness of connection, right? And, and, and that means different things for different people. Some people like to have like maybe one or two friends. And some people want to have like 20 friends. So whatever it is for you, it's not about the number. It's about the quality of the connection. Um, because with the right people who feel safe, that is a more powerful fulfillment than food can ever be. So breaking out of that zombie life where everything is gray and the same means embracing new experiences, trying new things, taking risks and challenging yourself. That leads to having more fun. When you have more fun, you don't need food for fun. It leads to personal growth, self-discovery, truly living and not existing. So whether it's learning a new skill, traveling to a new place, pursuing a new hobby, just doing something outside your comfort zone can really open up a world of possibilities and enrich your life in ways you might not even imagine. So if every day feels like you're just going through the motions, shake things up, break out of that zombie life and, and pursue something that you've always wanted to do, and you will feel better. You will start living and not existing. Um, the, next, the next way to enjoy Halloween is to be playful. Be playful. Remember the fun of going out with your friends on Halloween when you're a kid? This this holiday is about being with other people. It's about dressing up. It's about having fun. And so often when we become adults, we forget to be playful. Life gets very serious. And we forget that we're su we're supposed to be sometimes giddy and silly and playful and all of all of that. Having a great time. Again, if we don't have fun, food becomes fun. Food takes the place of fun. Um, so being playful is a really important aspect of enjoying life. And playfulness also allows us to let go of stress, you know, connect with the, the silly, the silliness of, of our childhood that we've left behind sadly. So here are a few ways that you can cultivate playfulness in your life. One is embrace spontaneity. Try to let go every once in a while of those rigid routines, those schedules. Al allow yourself to be open to new experiences, new opportunities. Um, being spontaneous can, can bring you a lot of joy. It can bring you playfulness. It can, it, it can bring fun. And also engage in creative activities, whether it's painting, writing, dancing, playing a musical instrument, um, 
like dancing around your your bedroom with 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 80s music on i i i might have done that once or twice <laughs> um it's fun don't worry about looking silly you're being perfect or anything just focus is on fun playful fun is being playful also play with your pets play with your pets spending time with your animals can be incredibly up- uplifting whether it's you know throwing a ball for your dog although i have a great dane and he is if i threw a ball he would look at me from the couch with a with a with, with an attitude of why on earth are you throwing that ball you can't seriously expect me to get up from this couch where i'm very comfortable and plush to fetch a ball really that's my dog in a nuts in a nutshell <laughs> quick story when we brought him home from the rescue and we open the back door and we think oh my god he's going to love a big backyard and he's going to be out there and he's going to run around and play and he looked out looked in the backyard and he looked back at us as if to say you cannot be serious and then he turned around and he got on the couch and he he basically hasn't left that's a great dane for you but if you have a dog who's not a great dane who likes to play ball or if you have a uh, you know, some other kind of furry best friend, a cat, uh, whatever it is, um, just interacting with pets can bring out your playful nature and, and it provides such a sense of joy and companionship. Uh, also, explore nature. Nature is fun. Take a walk, go to the park, go hiking, just be in your backyard, just observe the beauty of nature. There's something about being in the natural world that 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 helps us reconnect with uh, with nature with ourselves it brings us peace it's just it's just amazing um and then also just laugh and be silly you know when's the last last time you laughed until you cried can you remember that laugh and be silly surround yourself with people who can make you laugh who you can see a funny movie with who you can you can share a joke with whatever it is go to a comedy club with laughter and silliness just lightens your mood it makes you happy it makes you feel good and then you don't you're not thinking about food when you're feeling good right and also physical play right there's all of these are kind of like a, mental, emotional play, but physical play, sports, dancing, any kind of physical activity can, can, that, that's also a way of playing. It's not being playful, but it's, we'll, we'll include that. And also games, board games, card games, video games. Um, it's just a way to relax and, and connect with other people. So, you know, relive some of the fun of Halloween past by connecting with your friends, having fun, watch a scary movie, do something like that, and and just you know, have have some joyful moments. When you have those, when you have more sweetness in your life, you don't need food, you don't need candy for that purpose. All right, next is, how's this for alliteration? Conquer the candy conundrum. I had fun with words thinking about this show. So if if candy bowls cause you anxiety on Halloween and you just think, hey, there is no way 
you're going to be able to have just a couple of fun size candies. You cannot give yourself permission. Then think about having some fun, you know, non-food types of treats. So here are here are some ways to bring sweetness into your life on Halloween and beyond. Focus on non-food activities instead of making candy the center of your Halloween celebration. Have like a costume contest, carve pumpkins, have a spooky movie marathon. By engaging in those kinds of fun activities, you can enjoy the holiday without relying on candy. Also, create healthier treats. I talked about this before. That it that maybe still capture that Halloween spirit, like you know, fruit popsicles or pumpkin muffins or um, you know, <laughs> something with fruit. I don't know. These alternatives they can they can satisfy your actual sweet tooth, not your metaphorical sweet need need for sweetness. And they're also more nutritious, and they won't cause you guilt. Um, focus on the costumes. Halloween is not just about the treats. It's about dressing up. It's about getting creative with costumes. Costumes are fun, really fun. So create create a fun costume. Do something wild or help your kids with theirs or your grandkids or whoever. By, by putting more emphasis on the costumes rather than the candy, you shift your focus um, to the thing that's actually fun instead of a thing that causes you so much stress and anxiety. Also, get active. Uh, burn off some calories or, or you know, go trick-or-treating or go look at houses. Look at all the cool decorated houses. Go on a walk. Um, go on a haunted house tour. Those are fun. There's some amazing you know, houses where or neighborhoods where people just go so all out. It's so fun to see. And if you grab a bunch of people with you or just go with your family or just go by yourself, go and 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 check it out. It's it's fun. The idea is to have fun. And you can also, you know, plan a themed party. Oh, I had I had a Game of Thrones party for my husband's 50th birthday, and it was by far the most amazing party ever. We all dressed up as characters from Game of Thrones. I had characters come and do a performance thing and teach us how to sword fight <laughs> and all kinds of things. And to this day, people are like still remember that amazing party and what made it fun. We were all in costume. Everything was Game of Thrones themed. Super, super fun. And to that end, I had some kind of a little bit of like you know kind of goofy recommendations um i'm back to alliteration witchy wardrobe have fun with what you're wearing have fun with your costumes even if you don't want to go full out and do a big costume have like ghost earrings or halloween themed socks or just just something that makes you feel festive without focusing on food you see the idea here is have fun have fun be silly. Get in touch with your, you know, your 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 childlike um, or or your child memories of Halloween and all of that. Or if you didn't get to have Halloween as a child, give yourself that experience now. Um, just doing these things. These are these are a reminder to get in touch with that part of you, which when we become adults. We, we kind of forget about, For, we become serious. We think about 
work and finances and the right schools and the right job and you know get the house and do the this and the that and and we we leave fun behind which is why food becomes fun so the the goal is to enjoy halloween without guilt but to have fun to make it an enjoyable enjoyable time another fun thing to do is tell spooky stories uh telling ghost tales it it's fun it taps into our love for the unknown it creates a sense of like that excitement or anticipation and goofiness and sharing these stories with with friends or family or having like a a, a mock séance or watching a go- scary movie it it, it it's part of the spirit of Halloween minus the fear of candy. And ghost stories can also be a distraction from the temptation of chocolate, right? It's a social activity. It brings people together. You gather your, your friends, you gather your family or whoever is there and you and you just take turns sharing those spine-tingling tales of horror. <laughs> it's, as you can see, I love Halloween. Love getting into the spirit of it. Um, and ghost stories are just you know, one way to do that. So these are all ways to divert your attention away from thinking about chocolate, thinking about what you're not going to eat, white knuckling it. I will not have that. Instead, you're giving yourself things to do, things to do that are fun and satisfying and fulfilling. Also, there's the 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 cra- crafts, like carving pumpkins, m- making your own costume, decorating your house, gives you a sense of accomplishment. Um, also, shifts your focus from food to creativity. When you're channeling your energy into doing something unique for you and and personal and fun, you can distract yourself from from just thinking about chocolate and and all of that. Oh. Here is my favorite Halloween costume I ever did. Okay, I wore a slip, a slip, not even a slip dress, a slip, not that you can tell the difference, a slip dress and a slip, they look the same. And then I made a banner, like, you know, like one of those Miss America banners, and it said Freudian. So I was a Freudian slip. (laughs) And by the way, I cannot even take credit for how clever that costume is because I did not come up with it. I once saw someone wear it at a costume party that I went not as a Freudian slip and I decided that was the best costume ever. And so that is my favorite costume. Whether I'm wearing it or someone else is, so cute. Just love it. All right. Uh, enough of that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you know, organize a pumpkin carving party, decorate the house, do something creative. And when you, when you involve other people in this, not that you have to, but if you do, you strengthen your relationships, you develop lasting memories, you, 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 you have that, you have that fun. And when you are able to fill up with, um, the, the satisfaction of relationship and connecting with other people, you don't need food for that purpose. People can be unpredictable, unreliable, and unavailable. 
they can be. And because of that, food is like, which is always predictable, reliable, and available. Sometimes food is a good substitute for uh, relationships with people. You've, you've never turned to a tub of a vanilla ice cream and have it tasted like kale, right? It's always the same, whereas people can surprise you. But we do need we do need the fulfillment of other people. We certainly learned that lesson collectively during COVID when even people who were kind of like, I don't need people, I'm fine without people, really saw how much they yearned for connection and, and how hard it was to be away from, from other people. We need those kinds of fulfilling, satisfying relationships so we don't try to find symbolically you know, satisfaction and fulfillment in food. So there you have it. Those are nine delightful calorie-free ways to get into the Halloween spirit. Remember, the essence of this holiday is about fun, frights, and festivities. I cannot help this alliteration. I keep doing it. I have the witchy wardrobe, the candy conundrum, the spooky stories, the crafty corner. Oh, my husband, who is a writer, is probably just cringing right now <laughs> at all of that. But I think it's cute. All right. So keep these tips in mind, not just for Halloween, but for celebrating every day with joy and self-love. And just want to give you a couple more reminders before I go about the connections between emotions and binge eating on Halloween. Remember that our craving for candy during Halloween or any time can be linked to deeper needs and wants. Take a moment to reflect on what sweets or candy symbolizes to you. Is it comfort? Is it nostalgia? Is it a reward? Um, uh, do you need more sweetness in your life? Are you distracting yourself? Like, what's going on? Um, are you uh, are you lonely? Are you empty? When we feel lonely, we often um, experience that as emptiness. And rather than deal with loneliness, which is a horrible feeling, we may symbolically fill that emptiness with food. So just be really curious, not critical. Be curious. If you turn to food, remember you're turning away from something else. Be curious about what that is. And that is the first step to really creating a, a, a significant change in your relationship with yourself and with food. And that is our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me here on The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. I'm here every Thursday at noon Pacific on Voice America. And if you want a deeper dive into this topic, be sure to get your copy of my best-selling book, The Binge Cure, Seven Steps to Outsmart Emotional Eating. It is available on Amazon in all formats, including Audible, if you want me to read it to you. And I also have brand new The Binge Cure Journal, which is a workbook accompaniment to that book. And I'm super excited for you to have it and really create your own binge cure. So happy Halloween. I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. 
Each week, she offers valuable insights to stop emotional eating and give steps to lead a joyous life. Tune in next Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.